Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with a cheese Powered once again by our lovely partners over at Code, Code Sports. Pistol, the buyers are here. It's great to have you on sitting down with me again this afternoon, mate. Uh, talk to me about how many permutations you've been uh, burning through in the last few weeks. I feel like that the uh, the CPU and your PC is just going to be struggling just to try and process how many Excel tabs you must have with uh, your permutations of trades. um it's interesting the buys i feel like every year something just goes wrong like right when you least expect it like teams will come out this week and i'm not manifesting this i'm putting that out there 40 seconds you remember what you did last time that's why i'm saying it this time (laughs) it's like please don't happen i planned everything perfectly and then the teams came out and like four of the rookies i had got dropped there was a premium just like got arrested and it went to shambles. I went into the week thinking I had 21 and I ended up having, I think, like 17 and forced into a trade. So I'm sitting here from my comfy chair thinking I'm going into this week with, you know, 21 players playing and every week I've got it covered. I mean, I Chizo, I had this week 29 green dots and Proust. Like I, I had a full team playing and... My buyers were looking amazing, but you never know what happens when the team sheet's going to be dropped. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be chaos, and I'm going to sit here with egg on my face and a donut. Yeah. Well, it's funny. The last two weeks, I've literally not been out of loophole my VC and C because I've had 30 playing. Like, it's just been <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I've actually lost points by not being able to VC this Same. season because I've just had such a play, like strong team like bench. Yeah. Um, and big points as well because I'm, I'm missing these 170 captaincies that other people have been getting. Mm. Like the last three weeks, Chizo, I've had um, a 96, 199, my last three captaincy scores. Like terrible because I just can't loophole. Yeah, yeah. Very sad. And But, but the, the funny thing is none of these blokes that are stealing our VCs from us are even generating any cash. They're going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of them have actually gone down, some of these rookies. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not pretty. Yeah. Uh, mate, we'll get through some housekeeping. We do have some uh, sign-ups over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dr. Supercoach. We've got Caleb, uh, Louis Vecchio, and what's that say there? The, oh, the, the Gilly that's Gus. My, uh... Thanks, Gilly. Great to have you sign up. Uh, lovely meeting you at Pistol's wedding. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously throwing support to the, uh, the young son there. and I love that. I, I, I actually talked my mother out of signing up. Uh, uh, and feeling like she needed to contribute like that. It's, lo- it's just lovely that she really wants to support you, Pistol. 
I forgot that she did that. That's awkward. Um, thanks, Mum. <laughs> no, Jilly. That's uh, our, yeah, oh, it's Jilly. It? Seven ninety patron or something. Yeah, so. seven seven ninety. Um, and we also do have some Cancer Council donations pistol. Not as many as last week. Young Back Riley uh, has actually overtaken the Slack Vets. Um, so they've kind of hit pause on the the the, the young buck rally. Clayton is uh, donated last week for dumb things a dollar for every point Lockie Neal and Brady Hoff scored. Had the VC on Walsh captains Hoff put Neal on the bench to loophole and Hoff ended up getting subbed on for I think it was like three or something like that two pistol. Um, Luke young bucks rally Phelps young bucks rally and ZP Peanut young bucks rally and Gibbo donating one dollar for every point over a hundred. From Jordan Degoe. That brings us over the $22,000 mark two pistol. So you're going to have to up that goal from 23000 that we set like years ago. Uh, <laughs> thinking that <laughs> I updated never, that never last week, Chizo. No, you did not. I did. It was at it was at twenty thousand. I updated to twenty three thousand. I'm gonna to have to update it again. Fortunately, thank you to the beautiful carrot. community. But yeah, we nearly hit that already. A carrot and a stick, and uh, we've also got fantastic sponsors over at Manscaped sponsoring us again. Pistol, you've heard me talk about the Weed Whacker. You've heard me talk about the Lawnmower 4.0, the best trimmer for below the waist grooming. And I can tell you that's exactly what it is, Pistol. But one thing that we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about is the fantastic boxes that you get from Manscaped. I'm wearing them right now. Pistol, I don't know about you. Super no, I'm not wearing pants. They call them the jewel pouch. Pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perf- perforated performance fabric. Gee, that's a tongue twister. To keep them well ventilated. Basically, just imagine your balls sipping pina coladas, chilling on a hammock on a tropical beach. Maybe up near Cairns. Pistol. Uh, that's exactly what it feels like. The micro fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run, strut. These moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. If you do want to get yourself a pair of the Manscaped boxes, along with some other goodies over at manscaped.com, you can use code DRSC for 20% off and free shipping with your order over at manscaped.com. And thank you for once again for Manscaped for sponsoring the podcast. Pistol. Obviously, it's the end of round 11. We've got some big, big DPP changes. We got Bont. We got Baz. You got yourself Perez, which you were you were harping on Twitter about. That it wasn't at the top of the list of people to be named. Um, and what I'd like to talk about now is just how we should be implementing these DPP changes and using them to kind of guide ourselves through this three-week block that is the buys. It's a very interesting question because I think... It's it's good to do a quick stock take of your team. Have a look at who got DPP, who didn't get DPP. Um, you might be surprised some players that you weren't expecting to get DPP. Some of the rookies, uh, like Robbie McComb, got forward status, which is more helpful than you might realize. Well, looking at my side, before I touch it, I currently had seven playing forwards and only three playing defenders. Because of people getting DPP, I'm able to use the three-way DPP swing and put McCartan down back. Put So the way that you would do it, I should explain it properly, Chizo. You press trade on, let's say, McCartan, who I want from my forward line to my back line. So I trade him out. I, I swing someone like Sinclair into my midfield from my back line, and then I swing uh, Robbie McComb from my midfield to my forward line. That was a bad example. I should have said Rioli. Either way, it doesn't matter. Rioli into my forward line. Trade in any player, doesn't matter who. And then I trade out that player that I've just traded in back to McCartan and it will, re- it will refund the two trades. So you end up with the net you know, null and void, no trades lost. But now your players are in different positions. So what that's done to my side is I now have an extra player on field this week because I have... McCartney in my back line instead. So if you are looking at your team now and you have a player that's playing on your bench, which won't count for your best 18, it's better if you can use your DPP magic, which you probably will be able to given the vast amount of DPPs we now have, and get them onto your field to give yourself an extra player for, for this bye week. And that's something that we're going to have to like do with this health check every single week for you know the next two weeks. Yeah, so this is kind of linking into 
Um, so I want to say loophole, but that's that's something that's already got a name in in Supercoach. In that um, previously up until this year, when we didn't have reverse changes during the round, people were using their trades to kind of do similar things um, to kind of reverse trades depending on how the the round was going. What you're saying is that if you've got an extra playing player that you can't get on field in one of your lines, you're advocating using some of these trades to relocate our players around. And just like when we're trying to undo our trades and we have to manually choose who we want to bring back in to reverse the trade because there's no like confirm reverse in the middle of, uh, of the once the round's underway, you're saying use a second trade to bring that original player back in like Patty McCartan but in the new line. So that seventh player that was on the bench, we've now relocated. Yeah, so you do that and... You don't need to wait for the round to start. You can do it right now. I, I just did it while we were talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. So just fixed. But I think just we're not used to having this many DPPs in our team, obviously, because we haven't had this many DPP changes before. Um, I'm not sure about you, Chizo, but I, I must have over 20 DPPs in my side. There's only one defender, Doherty, that I have that's not DPP and Buku on the bench. So only two defenders that don't have DPP. Obviously, the midfield doesn't really matter because most of them stay there. But my, my whole bench... Outside of Machida Owens has DPP and Greg Clark. Um, and in the forward line, everyone except for my bench has DPP as well. So there's enough available um, that you should be able to end up with no playing player on your bench this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to run through some of the, the fantasy relevant names that I can see, someone that helps me out is Benny Hobbs getting forward mid status now that he's uh, playing a, a nicer role. Uh, for you, Flynn Perez, pistol getting defensive mid. Uh, Horn Francis finally getting his, his mid four status that people were counting on after round five. Uh, Jaden <laughs> Short, defense mid, which is big after he's moved to the, uh, uh, to the midfield. Isaac Heaney getting mid forward. And Robbie McComb, Marcus Bonte and all the Bulldogs, Baz, Baz Bont, yeah, <laughs> Bailey Smith, all getting mid forward status, which is certainly helpful. And yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say anyone else is super relevant. Colin Rosie, for those that took a a flyer on him, is now mid mid forward. Um, and obviously Darcy Cameron, for those that have been looking at him over the the recent weeks, has now got ruck status. So. Yeah, so there's a few interesting ones. As we mentioned probably after round five pistol is that the majority of the 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 big numbers like 50 or you know however many get it sort of happen at the start of the year. We sort of see less as the year progresses. I think after round 17 or whatever it is, the, the next one we're probably going to see less than the 20-odd the that we got this time. Um, but it's nice to see that we are genuinely getting some relevant ones. It was something that we were concerned about that by round 11 is someone going to have a big enough role change to be hugely fantasy relevant. Um, but the likes of Baz and Bont uh, just prove that it's still possible. Um, and, you know, the, those that are, have been thoughtful enough to kind of wait for something like that, particularly in the forward line over the last few weeks, hopefully going to be rewarded handsomely by getting these guys in the forward line. That's sort of another one of the ways that we can use this DPP to our advantage is sort of forecasting and leaving that spot open. No, I agree with you there. Cool. Pistol, by traps. We've talked about ways that we can use them to our advantage. What's one way that we can hamstring our side? <laughs> uh, I think there's there's two major ways. The one that I see that's most common, actually, they're probably both common, but one is you see a player that has a buy and you say, well, they've got a buy, so I'm going to trade them out. And they trade in a player who is yet to have their buy. And then, you know, two weeks later, that player is a buy and it's pretty much come out almost a net negative or oh, because well, you're down the trade and you know probably equal points. Um, sideways trading in the buys is only good if you're trading to somebody who has already had their buy, not yeah. to somebody that hasn't, unless you're getting rid of dead weight in your side. So somebody that's completely, um, you know, not looking good or their form's bad, which we'll touch on a bit later. Some of these guys and if their trades are holds, but sometimes you've you know you just got to cut loose and it happens to be in the buys and there's a bit more flexibility with the increased trades in the buys um so then you've got to make your move then but in a perfect world you only ever trade a premium if you're trading them sideways and you only get them after they've had their buy yeah so theoretically next week everyone's struggling for players on field round 13 and someone wants to trade mccray 
you're advocating not getting Lockie Neal, who's got the buy in round 14, you'd be saying, hey, get Paddy Cripps or, or Darcy Parrish who've just come off their buy. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And the biggest trap that I see is the rookies, actually, Chizo. We mm. know that the rookies have poor job security, at least in the last couple of weeks. It seems more rookies have been dropped than have been you know, getting consistent games. You know, Hamilton, Carroll, uh, Cleary, these players aren't getting game time. So going early on any rookie right now is risky. Going Going early on a rookie who then has a buy is even more risky because there's such a large gap between when they're going to play next. Um, And not just that, you're sometimes calculating them in your playing players. You're like, oh, well, in round 12, I have 18 players now, but one of them is a rookie and you you have to wait, you know, another week to see if they're going to be named. Like it's, it's, I'm obviously I'm going to talk about Jacob Ware in this situation down back. If you don't already have him, I wouldn't really advocate going on him this round early because if he, if he's not named next week, you've literally just traded in a donut who might not play for the rest of the season. Mm. Um, so that's the biggest one that I think will get people because people see three trades going into the buys. They want to make some upgrades. A lot of the time, this is the week where you, you kind of just hold trades. This is you kind of move somebody who might not, um, you know, might have the buy this week, a Whitfield, Tom Green, something like that. Again, we'll touch on them later. They're the types of players that you might look to move this week, but certainly getting rookies now doesn't feel great. The only one Chizo that looked really good from the weekend was Machido Owens. Um, who I've managed to have at M11 for the entire season. Two goals, 10 tackles, 14 touches, played a tagging role, um, really ran with Simpkin, did really well. I would be shocked if he was dropped after that performance. 89 supercoach points, mid only, 117k on the buy. I think he will play, so if I had to choose anyone to trade in to free up money, it would be him. There's not a second person that I would go early on that has the buy this week. Not a single one, Chizo. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the question on everyone's lips is whether Luke Cleary is going to gain, you know, gain his spot back from being the sub last week and not being utilised. Um, shout to SC Insider for running the C on him. That was uh, I, I, <laughs> that was heart palpitations just uh, waiting to happen. Uh, he was the, the, the big rookie that we were all considering last week. If he presents himself next week, uh, sorry, this week, uh, coming back into the 22, are you still... Uh, are you advocating like getting him over um, someone like Owens, who's obviously on his buy? If you're able to survive round thirteen and get him and he's named, then sure. Um, yeah, it's just unlikely. I think the round thirteen buy is going to hit most people quite hard, and if you're not planning for that, it's going to be really rough. I think next week, majority of people. I mean, as you said, like we're relying on rookies like Rioli um, to, you know get games and play i mean myself obviously Perez. i mean a lot of these guys could put out 20 you know 20 points and i'm counting them as you know one of my 18 players it's very possible that you're essentially running like 13 or 14 premiums one good rookie and then you know three or four rookies that could combine for less than 100 yeah (laughs) getting 18 playing players in round 13 Sure, no, what that feels like, Pistol. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here with like 13 premiums and three rookies at the moment, so I'm going to have to start doing some. But this is what the boost before, Pistol. We we talked about this. Stop looking at me like that. You can Um, only boost in what's available, though. Like if the rookies, let's say none of them are named. Yeah. You know, what can you do? You're trading in non-playing donuts. (laughs) (laughs) You got a problem with that? Uh, Jeez, I think the mid-season draft, though, is... I mean, it's perfect timing in terms of trying to help us through the buys. It's strange that it's on Wednesday night. It doesn't give us much time to, uh, you know, if to see if they're going to be named on like Thursday night and then plan our trades around. I wish it was on like a Monday night um, and we could, you know, talk about it on the Thursday podcast or whatever it is. But um, hopefully there's somebody in the midseason draft that can do like a giant Newcomer or a Lockie Bramble and just come straight into their side yeah, and be a really good rookie. That, that's what I want. That's why I'm saying wait as well. Like if you go early on one of these guys, they're probably not going to be named this week. They might be named next week. Like we could have options next week. Yeah. That we don't, that we could have options next week that don't exist in the AFL, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, just don't exist. 
Yeah, I mean, um, sisters people, but they're not AFL players, right? Right this second. Yeah, and, and not only that, they're also, if they, they pick um, like a needs uh, player that we saw last year, like um, I think it was a Bramble that you mentioned before, and they obviously come straight in, all of these guys are going to be basement price. So they've also got the benefit of a lot of these rookies that you're kind of toing and froing between pistol not exactly like breaking the bank at like say Cleary at 117k, but you know you are saving a little bit of cash. Um, you know if we yeah. get we get we get a we don't really we don't have a a 102k forward ruck DPP that we can use at R3 um, as as an option there. So um, potentially someone gets picked up in the rookie draft. Uh, sorry, in the, the mid-season draft, and then suddenly we've got that that option to kind of use the the English swing uh, for those that have him and stuff like that. So I think I think what you're preaching is really really good. I think a lot of the talk that we're doing today is basically nothing to do with what trades we would be making this week, and everything to do with how can we set our sides up the most optimally for this three week four week block coming out of the buys on the other side with a finished team and one that we haven't just completely gutted on the bench so that if someone misses one week, we have to use a trade. I feel like I forgot to ask and you didn't ask me either, so bad on both of our halves on how we went in the previous week. But the buys are the best way to make up ground quickly. People yeah. who didn't plan get to the buys panic. They use all nine trades or now with boosts, they could be using up to 12 trades in this period of week. And it sounds good in theory, like, oh, I'm going to use 12 trades. I'm really going to, like, help my team. A lot of the time, there'll be, like, three of them on rookies who won't play again. There'll be, like, three sidewaysing of premiums. Like, this is the time where you don't just make up grounds over this three-week period, but you make up ground for the rest of the season because trades are just blown left, right, and center just to field a team. So this is a really important three weeks for for people to try to catch up. Like I'm still sitting, I didn't move basically at 19K. Um, And this three-week period is incredibly important for me. Like I'm still hoping to be, you know, pushing, you know, top eight or so K at the end of these buys so I can try and get a a strong run home. Um, And yeah, this is, this is, this is everything right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just a, a little bit of boostage goes a long way, Pistol. Um, okay, so that talks about some of the positives and negatives in the way that we can influence our side coming into the buys. Let's get into some specifics now. Someone that affected uh, your week greatly is Pruce, my friend. Talk to me about your thoughts about Pruce and what you might be doing going forward as well, considering that he has the buy straight off uh, uh, that extra week out. Uh, this one is tough. So I just opted to play Hayes. Um, you know, I wanted Proust to be a premium and thought, well, look, if he gets an extra week's rest, maybe he's not fully recovered from the flu. I think that probably wasn't explored fully, that maybe he just wasn't fully fit. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch him in the VFL, so I, I don't know how he looked. I mean, stats-wise, it was not impressive whatsoever. I don't know what percentage game time he played, though. I don't know if he was just you know running at 50% because I, I don't have context for the stats. I just know the stats were very poor in the VFL. What I do know is watching the GWS game, I didn't think Flynn was very impressive. Um, he got well beaten by the big O. I would not be surprised at all if Proust came straight back. They got smashed in contested possessions um Proust coming in will help that and I think Flynn probably finds himself forward for Sproul I think that's like a very logical you know swap um in which case if Proust is coming back he's not really somebody I want to trade given he hasn't dropped below 100 for the entire season um however there's a little uh, you know what is it angel on the shoulder or devil on the other one i should say saying why don't you just trade him to english you have the cash in the bank Jeez, i think this is a big one i know you traded in english last season um last season i mean last week i mean yeah. maybe last season um but last week in particular english now with a 160 which is ridiculous mind you coming off months out and losing 10 kilos and coming and dropping 160 with sweet in the team like come on um he's now 597k and he's going to go up like 30k is this the week to jump on him or is it worth waiting after the buy because money's tight at the moment and an extra 30k is a lot and it's not just 30k cheese the bloke's averaging over 125 yeah so you're also getting in 
are pretty much the second best player in the entire game. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Pistol. You've got to finish backline, right? I have got to finish yeah. backline. And how much does it hurt that finish backline not having someone like a Sicily or a Stewart in there, or both? I want to cry myself to sleep every night. Yeah. Would you pay up for these kind of guys if they were sub 600? Well, no. No, you've <laughs> because got your, the other got, option, the other options four, that I have, five eighty rule. No, no defenders above five eighty. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's. It's not a. I'll see where you're going with this before I say anything. So I'll yeah. let you continue. Well, what I'm saying is that there are tiers when it comes to premiums in these lines, and in the back line we have like a clear two or three players that are you know around the fifteen to one twenty mark. Then we've got a little lower tier that's like one hundred five to one ten. In the forward line, you've got English going 128, and then you've got like Daylight, and then you've got Tier 2 with like the Dunkleys and such going like 115. He is by far and away the best forward that we can have on on exposed form, you know. Yep. Um, I mentioned last week that my pre- there was two schools of thought. You could wait to see a week and see how he went, and see, you know, like you come back from flu and pneumonia and and losing 10 kilos and all this kind of stuff and maybe they're, they're, they're playing in with sweet and he could start slow. There was also the other school of thought that was, well, we want to get him when he when the tide turns. The problem is you, you, you always miss out on that first week by the time you want to get on him. And so if you can suck up a couple of 80s to start with, at least you have him when you, you start pumping it out. Those of us that jumped on last week were lucky to get that 160. I think I think it surprised me greatly to see just how unencumbered he looked while I was watching the game. Um, and, I th- you know, he's probably going to get better for the run as well. So... Is English someone that we should be prioritizing to get in? I think yes, because it's going to be really difficult to find anyone else in that line that can compete with the volume of points that he can put up between now and the end of the year. We've still got half a season yeah. to go. No, that's a good point. I wasn't sure where you were going with it early, but I do agree. I think, uh, yeah, the, well, I've traded, I trade in Dawson instead of Simpson for 100K less, and Dawson's average 119. God, what year um, is that, Simpson? He hasn't been relevant since Dawson's like the, the mid. <laughs> Stuart, Tom Stewart. Wait, Dawson um, Simpson. That's even worse. Yeah, no. That's, that's <laughs> even worse. Um, yeah, no. Dawson, my four weeks, my size average 119. So I'm yeah. not like upset by trading him in at that at his lowest price. I yep. think it was maybe yep. even more 120k price difference. Um, although it does hurt missing out on the, the big Stuart scores. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I do agree that English. Is there's no one there's no one competing with him in the forward line or the ruck line, which is crazy. Yeah. Like he's just so good. I look at my team. I see Sam Hayes and Gorn and Bruce. I think that's relatively common. Um, getting an English doesn't hurt the buy structure because it means that you have two playing ruckmen every week through the buys. Yeah. So I think my preference would be to trade Hayes to English if I could afford it. Um, that would require me to have a downgrade option. I already have Owens, so there's no easy way for me to get any more money, which means trading Proust to English personally is something that I think I'm going to end up doing because it's not going to hurt my buyers. And then I can assess you know, what ruck to get moving forward um, or just keep English there and get Baz as yeah. my F6 uh, and kind of play it that way. I think Hayes will make less money now than Proust. Proust probably has another 50K in him yeah, Hayes um, and better scores throughout the buys. So Hayes to English would be my preference. I think it is worth getting English this week. I mean, it sucks because you're getting him before the buy and that's not worth it. But the matter of fact is he's got multiple really big scores already this season. It's possible he puts out an equally big score against Geelong when they don't have a Ruckman. I mean, maybe Blitzavs is a tough matchup if he runs with English the whole day. I don't know, but I, I'm not super. I'm not really willing to risk another 150. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the key. Um, 
I don't know if that's you know I, risk adverse, but yeah, it, it seems like if if there's another one fifty that comes out here, and you're looking at picking him up at like six forty k after his buy, it's really it's 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 hard to stomach even if he is like the highest scoring player in the game. I also need the points, um, and and a VC. I mean, he comes in and he's probably VC choice. Yeah, so I I think I think the the thing to remember as well that the longer you wait, the higher the price is going to be. Like our sides are going to be finished in the next three, maybe four weeks, depending on how people's cash generation's going. Outside of that window, you're not getting him. You're not picking him up in round 17 as your final upgrade. And if you are, then you're in you're in a tough spot. 700K. <laughs> exactly. Um, and not, not only that, but you just don't have the trades. You don't like the... It, in the next three weeks is when you have to pick him up or you commit to not getting him. So if in the next three weeks, yes, he's got a buy in there, but you're either picking him up this week before he goes above 600, you're picking him up uh, after his buy for maybe 620, or you're picking him up after round 14 for maybe 650, Yeah, depending on what his next two games are going. So of those three weeks, which of which of those is going to work out better for you, um, it's probably this week. And yeah, you're going to be bringing in someone that's going to have a buy. But again, it's based on your buy structure. If it works with your buy structure, then sure. If it, you're absolutely getting smashed in round 13, you can't afford to take in anyone more, you're just going to have to pay an extra 20 grand and get him the week after after his buy. That's just that that's sort of just how it is. And you've just got to, got to plan that in uh, into your strategy. Um, and so, Pistol, this sort of leads me into like a bit of a ruck talk. We've obviously got English, Wits... Gorn, Darcy's been putting up some big numbers now. Yeah. Um, are you, firstly, are you prioritizing English to stay in the forward line permanently and get two other Ruckmen um, versus having him in your Ruck line? And if you are having him in your forward line, who are the two other Ruckmen that you're targeting at R1, R2 that you may or may not have? Yeah, so I think the thing with getting... I mean, again, I'm talking a lot about my own team. English as a forward is the optimal strategy because then you can get, you know, a, a 110 plus ruck that might not be available in the forward line. So I guess, again, it depends on your team. If, you, if you're getting English in your forward line, but you can't get Bont, I'd probably get English in my ruck line so that I could get Bont, you know, forward. Um, for me personally, getting English in now just buys me time to pick my R2 and who I want to target. Wits is incredibly consistent. I think he's like a 120 type guy and he's currently valued at his price. Like his value matches his price. Um, whereas you've got people like Sean Darcy who have incredibly you know high scores that are available and he's also got those injury little niggles that keep his price a bit low. He's undervalued at the moment at 580K. But again, I feel like Darcy will be at this price point at some stage. I don't know if we'll be in the next three weeks and I'm upgrading though and that's the hard thing. That's the hard pill to swallow. Um, and, you know, you have the resurgent Riley O'Brien who just came off with a 175 and wants to finish, you know, the season strong. You've got Nank on a, a five-round average of 116 who's like a 550K and he's got the buy at the moment. Um, there's a lot of ruck choices here and I haven't even mentioned Gorn yet. Mm. Um, Gorn has been in poor form, you know, 106 points five round average he got his leg he's, decapitated we've covered this he's he's 550k i mean i already own him but for those that don't own him i i'm not even certain he's a top two ruck yeah no i agree like i, I feel like wits and darcy are probably better than him at this point in time yeah um if i was starting from scratch i'd probably go there i mean there's an argument now like nank has put together a crazy body of work um, it's it's not a fluke either. He he looks really good. They have had a really easy ruck run, um, but there's players like Blitzarf who's also had a five round average of 113. Like these players are matching it with Gorn, and they're all the same price as him now. I just think that there's there are options that are available. Um, Gorn's cheaper than them. Yeah, Gorn, Gorn is cheaper than Nank. That is crazy. Yeah. Bit and more expensive than Blitzarf, but yeah, look, cheaper than Darcy. 50k cheaper than English, 70k cheaper than Wits. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, obviously we started going in the preseason because we were so up in the air. We knew that there was this transition coming for, coming for the fantasy R1 and, and R2 potentially, um, depending on Grundy's back end from 2021. And... We picked him just because it's so difficult to predict. Like, who would have predicted that Nank was going to be the fifth averaging ruck? You know what I mean? So, um, there is definitely, um, there's definitely like an argument for for each each of these guys and and what they could do. And I, I agree that Gorn is probably now that we know that we have what the options are, we can more confidently look at. Um, someone like a, a Darcy or a Nank or a, a Rob or someone. I think Rob's a little bit lower down on the tier list. But yeah, sh- shout agree. to Doc for bringing in uh, Darcy and O'Brien this week. That's he, he goes uh, all way all the way to the wall. Does Doc with his uh, his high risk strategy, and he picked picked them up both just uh, <laughs> both this, this week or the week after. So um, yeah, he, he sent sent us through a screenshot of that. And, um, but I think. I think no matter who we choose, we're going to be reasonably happy with them. I don't suspect of these guys we're going to pick the 105 averaging ruck. Um, I think they're all sort of going to go 115 to 120 for the remainder of the year. English is probably the one that kind of stands out as someone that could go higher than that. Um, and they've all got their their innate risks that come with them. Darcy's obviously got uh, prone to missing games. Nank has never been this type of... Um, high-scoring Ruckman for forever. So we're going off actually a quite small body of work um, in comparison to his career. So yes, there's options, but I think it's unlikely that we're going to pick one that's going to be the 130 average for the year. And if you've got one of these guys that you actually like, I think we could really easily overthink ourselves and kind of talk ourselves out of the guy that we actually want. Um, And a lot of these guys are probably going to be pretty comparable to each other. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it, Chizo. I think I'm in a small minority of people who are probably hoping one of them comes down in price ASAP and, you know, just pick pick your poison, pick whichever one is the right time, right place, um, and just go from there. I mean, it, it feels a bit bad that I think Proust can almost match these guys and, you know, trading them out and then trying to pick someone that's 100K more than Proust just to get it, but... The problem I have with Bruce is whilst I do think he comes back in and feel quite strongly about it, it's the constant stress that he might still get dropped at some stage. Um, or and I know I'll have English cover, but it's not it's not great. You never want to get to like round 19 and they're like, all right, Flynn's going to ruck now the next three games. And you're like, ah, crap. You know, what do I do here? So um, there's that kind of little thing in the background. I do think he's got more money to make though. So um, yeah. yeah, if you can get it's not a premium instead of Bruce Pistol, you need, you need to burst that bubble. I've been, I've been preaching it for a few weeks now. He's not a premium. No, he's definitely a premium scoring. He hasn't dropped below 100 yep. for the whole season. Yes, yes, he can score quite well on the four games out of every 10 that he plays. <laughs> he's he's played more than four games, Chizo. What, he, he plays six, six of 11 or something? Let's, let's have a look. Let's look this up. It's, he has played six. He's played six of 11 possible games. And I, 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 it's not pretty. Let's 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 what's six out of eleven, and then let's times his amount of his average, and then that's his. He's got North Melbourne average. next week when he comes back, Chizo. <laughs> I'm just cheating, yeah. But no, no, I, they've, I, they've I got a really I, good ruck run. They've got an amazing ruck run for the rest of the season. Yeah, 
if he if he rocks. <laughs> yeah, Com- con- confirm that bias, mate. Get get him in there. Get him into that R two spot for the rest of the year. You'll have no. Yeah, dramas. maybe I don't want to trade. Eleven straight. Looking, Eleven straight. Guessing. So I'm second guessing it now, Cheeso. The ruck run is just immense. I knew I pointed out like two weeks ago, but looking at it now, my god, it's like every. Wait, I was talking you out of him. How have I talked you into him? Uh, you, ha- you told me to look at his scores, and now I'm looking at it, and he's coming off a 120 against a weak ruck, and he's only got weak rucks for the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. You've thrown me. I'm hoping for a uh, a mid-season But will draft he ruck bolter. every week? No. Uh, I tried to flip that. It didn't work. Um, no, I, look, I can totally tell. Like, it's re- like... You're talking about trading out a guy that's averaging 110 and upgrading him to Gorn for like 100k, who's averaging 113. You know, like it makes perfect sense that you want to hold that guy and just, just trying to temper expectations that he he's a bona fide because I don't uh, think he is. Let's move on. <laughs> too too much. All right, stressing about Bruce. Okay, and that's been your whole life lately. Let's talk about yes. premiums that are pricing themselves out and at which point they become too high. Um, we talked about the likes of English becoming, you know, upwards of like six twenty to six fifty, depending on which which week you come. At which point are you pulling the pin on some of these guys and saying they're too expensive? I know your backline is is five eighty. Um. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like a hard and fast rule, but it's something that I it never has felt like a. A defender could maintain a price above five eighty, and yeah. that's that's important to note. Um, until this season, <laughs> yeah, Chizo, it's not it's not been pretty. Uh, James Sicily, clearly talking about James Sicily right now. Um, he's outscoring premium midfielders. <laughs> he's he's one hundred and eighteen and a half. He has a five five round average of one thirty one, a three round average of one thirty six. The cheapest price to get Sicily was whenever you thought about getting him because he's gone up every single week. He hasn't had a price drop yet. Whoa. So if you ever thought like, oh, should I get Sicily this week? The answer has always been yes. Um, since like four weeks ago when I was like, oh, there's one more price rise. It's probably too late. Since then, he's gone 141, 122, and 147, which is just... Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And you know what, Chizo? Watching Hawthorne every week because my, my partner goes for Hawthorne. He's not like he's not like in a purple patch. He's just playing really well. He's playing mm. good football every week. He comes to the game, he turns up, and he just dominates, and then he goes home, has a shower, I assume, goes to bed, <laughs> goes through the week, comes back, just dominates, and then just that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, one shower in the whole week. No, I mean like he <laughs> he can dominate playing lockdown because he then gets like kickouts and you know intercept marks whatever it might be and sometimes he's loose and free and he gets more of the cheap possessions and stuff like that he's got so many avenues to score i don't know when the bad game is coming mm. <laughs> he's he's his lowest score since round 3 is 105 and that was in round 3 you know since then his lowest score is 113 and that was in round 4 <laughs> he's his scoring is absolutely insane. I, I've got all my defenders, and I'm thinking, well, should I be getting Sicily over an M8? Like, at what stage yeah. do we consider that? Yeah. Um, this is something that I've been toying with a little bit as well, but it, I guess it all comes down to... It sort of comes down to the, uh, the upside in some of these picks that we're getting towards the end of the season and sort of looping back into how expensive is too expensive for some of these guys. Um, and, I, you know, if we're trying to get English, we're trying to get Bont, we're trying to get Parish, sort of to finish our sides and then we try and, try and squeeze Sicily in there, someone's got to go. Someone's got to, like, uh, we just don't have the cash that is going to be able to supply all of these guys. And if you're giving me the opportunity to pick Sicily at 635, versus Parish at 626. Look, I, I, I just feel co- I feel more confident over the length of the season that these bona fide midfielders are going to be able to sustain it entire, for, for the entirety of the season. I just feel like as a defender, Sicily is he's maybe 10, 10 points out above what realistically is kind of like the mean for him. Um and 
look, there, there's no no denying like the fact that he <laughs> he's ruined our seasons. He, <laughs> he has like this is so far beyond anything I could have predicted from sick. Like the it's just it's genuinely mind blowing his scoring potential this year. Uh, I he, guess he's I guess now playing a hundred percent time on ground that he wasn't playing earlier in the season. So his scores yeah. have only gone up. Like he's scoring better every week. Yeah. He's playing twenty more minutes on field than he was for the first six weeks. And he was averaging 107. And now he's, since then, averaging 130 because he's spending 130 minutes on field and he's scoring mm-hmm. basically the one-to-one rate. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. I, I, I honestly, this is, this is so difficult. I don't... I think this is something I'd need to sit it's, down and, and there's think no, about. Is it, there's no real way to know. I mean, you... Your gut instinct is always, well, I want the midfielder over the defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm grappling with right now. I feel like a midfielder is the quote-unquote safer option. But even which is so, ridiculous I mean, to say, watching what he's doing. It's, it's, it's really quite bizarre, um, especially when you've got other midfielders like, sorry, other defenders like Doherty who are now, he's 104K cheaper than Sicily who's averaging 110. And I know his five-round average is a bit low, but he, he's copped now two knocks in two games um, and still put out decent scores, but they've stopped him from having very big scores. So he he's really underpriced with an 110 average. His probably true average would be closer to you know 113, 114. Um, and he's 104K cheaper than Sicily. It's just such a, such a hard pill to swallow paying that much more you know, for another defender, and that when you could be spending that extra hundred k, getting you know a parish instead of a, a merit, um, it's a really tough one, Chizo. I don't know what the right answer is. I, th- I think that at the end of the day, if you're trying to build like the optimal team, you get Sicily because no one's coming really close to him um, except Stewart, and all of the same stuff we've said about Sicily. You could say about Stewart. I think the difference is Stewart has a higher ceiling. Um, which means his score, his his price just rockets. Um, yeah. But then he also has a lower floor <laughs> at the same time, so it then comes back down. I think you're paying 600k plus for both of these guys if you want them. Yeah, if you want them, you have to. Like, I don't think you're getting them much cheaper than that anyway. And it, that is what it is. Like, if you're building, yeah, if you're building the best team, you want the best team for leagues. Um, you want the best team in general for overall. Then you've just got to pay up to get them. Um, yeah. And that, that's just the end of the story. But for most of us who have cash considerations and limited funds um, for not, you know, nailing every rookie or getting people at the right time, um, that 100K down to Doherty, you know, feels a pretty solid um, and being able to reinvest that in other sides. But what a crazy, crazy season. Like to be absolutely... It's, it's a difference when you miss a player and... You know, Sicily had, I think he started with like 30, I'm looking at 33% ownership. It's different when you like miss a player and they do well. But like to be averaging now a five run average of 130 points in a, from a player who's in 47% of the competition. <laughs> like you can get burned on some players, but this is like the biggest burn possible. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of to bring it full circle, it was like a discussion topic of like how high is too high, and we started sort of like in the back line. I think it's sort of like the ruck um, primos are all similarly priced, so you can kind of pick and choose. We've talked about the forward line that the English is, is you know cheap enough that you can still sort of get him um, as that that clear top scorer in the forward line. All the midfielders, like if you don't want Neil, you can pick Laird. If you don't get Laird, you can have Oliver. Like McRae and, and Tuka have lost a little bit of cash. So there's always certainly options. Um, I think the thing that kind of stands out, the the reason that we've talked about Sicily and Stewart, is, you know, we're talking about guys that are clear tier one ahead of, a lot of the guys that are in our, our teams already, like Shorts having a fantastic year, averaging 107 just like we thought they would, that's not even remotely comparable to a Sicily or a Stewart. 
is it? Like it's just, you know, Crisp is doing 105, you know, sort of about what we expected, really happy with that year. Not even comparable to these guys. And so the question is, how high is too high? I think it's right on the borderline for me that like I think these these kind of guys, like if you've got some really good competent players in their back line and you can still finish your side um, without, like you're struggling to finish your side without them, I think currently they're too high. Paying above 600 or even 620 for these kind of guys when you know that you're struggling for cash is just that's too high of a price to me. But if you've, you've able to work it in and you can see that you can grab them at some point, um, I think that the it's almost like a almost like a rhetorical question in many ways, Pistol. That like how high is too high? Well, guess what? You've got to have to do two or three weeks of advanced buy planning and say how much cash we've got, and am I going to prioritize these guys over it? And that sort of brings it back to how you were saying: Do we get these guys and put like a a Dawson and M eight Pistol? Oh, it's, yeah, I don't think I would. and I don't I, have an answer. That's no, tough. That's really tough. But I think yep. that it also that might be a bias because in my mind it's always been midfielders score better than you know forwards. So I, I'm conscious of it, but I don't know if I'm making the right decision, even if I am conscious yeah. of the bias. Um, it's it's, it's got to be a top end. Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting one, Chizo. Especially that like I look at my def- back line and um, you know my worst defender is Crisp, and then I'm like, and my second worst defender is Short. <laughs> I'm like, how? How is this? How am I getting decimated each week? And it's because the two people I don't have are going 120 average. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's absurd. I think um, if you want to get, if you want to, I mean, the way the only way you catch up at this point if you don't own them is either they, you know, get injured um, <laughs> or you, the people that have them, you know, run out of cash and can't finish their team. So yeah, yeah. they end up with a rookie as like M8 for the whole season and you know run out of trades or run out of cash gen or whatever it might be. And then you've just got an extra premium on them and you gain points every week. Um, yeah. It's hard now because obviously 32, 33% started Sicily. So they got him at like 440K and then you're, you're coming in now paying 200K more than him just to match them. It's like almost, it's almost locking in a loss even though it's not the right way to think about it. But um Certainly, certainly an interesting one, Jesus. Something yeah. that we'll have to reflect on at the end of the season, I think. But again, yeah. it just might be on the wrong side of massive yeah. variance. Mate, we've talked about some premiums that are too high. Let's talk about some guys that are potentially too, <laughs> uh, too low to rain. Uh, looking for some value players coming off their buy. Um, Sort of like we, we talked about Andy Brayshaw being cheap in uh, in the coming rounds and stuff like that. Do you have any other good names that we should be looking at in, in coming weeks? Yeah, Zach Merritt I mentioned briefly before, but I think he's a standout option. Um, he's just been really good this season, like underratedly good, um, only at 520K, so also like extremely kind, and he's had his buy this week. Um, for those that don't really know, what the deal is over there. Um, He got injured quite early in the season, uh, missed less games than people thought, came back, has been solid, had a 57 against Sydney and just tanked his price. Um, But outside of that has been really good. So he's now played more games than Proust. He's played eight. Um, He had a lower 57 and all the rest are above 99 and four of them are above 103 so he's still averaging 106 for the season even with a 57 so true i mean i shouldn't say true average given he did get held to the 57 but um that was just an absolute stinker um that he put out i think he is you know 110 plus guy um potentially more i mean we started zach Merritt last season at you know 580k he, he's got potential to be 115 type guy coming off his buy 520k He's the the value midfielder. He's better than Wines. That when Wines was cheap, he's just like very good. Um, and Don's aren't even winning, and he's still scoring well, coming off a one thirty. Yeah. So he's yep. gonna he's gonna go up quite a lot in price. Um, you know, in the coming weeks as well. So yeah, he's he's certainly one to target. I think Doherty five thirty k. Again, talked about that he's you know copped it a little bit lately, but he's still scoring extremely well. Has his buy defender of choice down there you can still if you don't own short 536k um sinclair's now put in like two mammoth scores 
um, which is kind of fun, 138 and 140. So he was being like really consistent 110s and then now has, you know, been even better. Um, I think his true average for the rest of the season will be still in, around the 110 mark, but he's going to rock it up in price because he's had back-to-back really big scores um, and his break even is only 54. So he's probably good, Chizo. Um Other than that, that's probably it. <laughs> probably it in terms of value. What, yeah, I mean, what about look, your mate Jared Lyons? What have you done to him this year? Was, You've been yeah, building him up for three years, and he's a sub hundred midfielder now. Yeah, well, I didn't build him up this year because he got pushed out. <laughs> so, you pushed him. Yeah, I, I pushed him out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there's too much other value, which is kind of annoying. I think I think one of the big things that I mean, we can have a review at the end of the season, but the DPP kind of the changes pushes everyone's focus onto the same people at the same time. So most people would be targeting to get, you know, the Bonton and Pellies and the Baz in the next two, three weeks. And it doesn't really let you play around much in other positions. Um, so I think like, otherwise you could, we could be talking more about like Ben Keys and their run home being really good. And he's 549k, but he's got the buyer the next week and stuff like that. But I think people will be trying to get in these DPP plays first. Um, so we might, yeah, leave leave some of those other cheapies or cheap-ish ease for the, the next podcast, Jizo. Yeah. All right, mate. So we've got some uh, underperforming premiums that I want your um, opinion on. We've got the likes of Green, Heaney, uh, a couple Lions and Zork and Rich, and even Pendles, um, who I'd earmarked as having a, a potential trade-in option a few weeks ago, is now... Sort of letting a us down into <laughs> is now a, a trade out option, my friend. Uh, what do you think about some of these names, and what should our plans be for? I know Green, you actually traded out just recently. You kind of pulled the pin uh, and and saw that things were changing. Uh, what are your thoughts on the rest of these guys? Uh, is it is it a waste of a trade sidewaysing these guys, or are they you know during the buys is that going to upgrade uh, you know destroy our upgrade cadence? Talk to me about all that. So. Green was interesting. I flagged last week uh, that there was huge warning signs because he was pushed from, you know, first choice mid basically to like fourth or fifth choice because Perriman had jumped into 51% CBAs last week um, and Tom Green had his lowest, uh, second lowest CBAs for the season. This week, if that was a warning sign last week, this week was complete panic. Um, Perryman bumped up his CBAs to 77%. Um, Canelio still stayed at that 60%. Josh Kelly, you know, hovered around the 70 and Tom Green fell to 49%, his second lowest now for the season. Um, he is essentially the fourth midfielder now for GWS, which is not great when Tim Taranto is still to come back. I hate to think how that midfield is kind of divvied up in the next couple of weeks. Um, with Taranto coming back in the side. I mean, they did lose the contested possession, so, you know, they might swap things around. But, um, yeah, I, I've seen I've seen too many things go wrong from this point in time. He's got a high break even. He's going to drop more money. Um, he has North Melbourne, so I do think he'll put out one decent score if you do want to hold him one more week, but you'll have to suffer uh, a pretty bad cash drop. So that's not for me. Um, if you can trade him and maybe use him to get... Uh, English, that might be something that I would recommend. I do think that he's not going to be a hold for the rest of the season um, with you know how this team is performing. So that's out there for me, Chizo. Is Was that along the lines of what you were thinking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All I, right. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, I think Heaney is probably the biggest other talking point. Um, he has looked terrible. Um, yeah, living in Sydney, I you know, went to watch the match this week. Uh, he is a player absolutely devoid of confidence at the moment. Um, I wouldn't really say it's massively like role-related. I know this week he didn't have any CBAs, but to be fair, like even in the weeks where he's got like 4% and 5%, sometimes he can you know, look really well when he's playing forward and kick goals and then score well. He doesn't look like he's even able to kick goals at the moment. He's basically, the goal he got um, against Richmond was, I think it was a downfield free that Buddy drew and then he you know, got to kick a goal from like 15 metres out or something like that. He was missing everything all night. He's been actively bad, Chizo, for like five weeks now. Um, ironically, this is the Heaney that we expected <laughs> in the preseason yep. where we're like, yep. 
he can look like the best player and he can look like the worst player. It's just, well, not the worst, but it's just you get the volatility with Heaney. He puts out the 120s. He puts out the 50s. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like this is what you kind of expect um, from someone like him. It's unfortunate that the DPPs were added because it made him a non-selection. And if people knew that in advance, they definitely wouldn't have selected him. And now he's going to be so far out of the top six um, because yeah. of Baz and Bont. So. Yeah you're forced to trade him. So I would, I mean, you're not forced to, you could try and get into F7 and loophole him in. But um, I think getting a Bulldogs player is probably the play there. Jumping to uh, Pendles. I feel like this is a monologue, Cheezo. Please jump in. If, if no, got, go for it. One sec. If, if I disagree, I'll jump in. Go for it. So uh, Pendlebury, um, it's actually quite funny what's happened with Colin at the moment. We've won two games in a row. We've played better footy, looking decent, fantastic. Pendlebury has had 81% and 82% CBAs in the last two weeks. He's almost a full-time midfielder. Um, that's come at the expense of Jack Crisp, who has gone down to 27% and 42% CBAs from the 80s. They've had like a complete role reversal instead of being... It was basically like almost 50-50 to start the year, and then Crisp trended up and Pendles trended down, and now they've just flipped. So Pendlebury, full-time midfielder and scoring terribly. <laughs> and Collingwood are winning, which makes me think that they're not quite going to change. I mean, he's put out a 62 and a 73. Um, Pendlebury is such a calming presence in Collingwood's side. When he's down back, our back line's better. When he's in the midfield, our midfield's better. It's not just about for him about the supercoach scores. And the problem is, for us, it's only about the supercoach scores. So he's... He's not quite getting it done playing as a midfielder um, in terms of super coach. And he's got the round 14 by. Unfortunately, I think he's going to be a trade out option. Again, trade in English using the DPP or trade him to somebody you don't have. Like, I don't know, Doherty's not that much more expensive than him now. You know, they're, they're the types to go to. I think he's far out of the top six defenders at the moment. So utilize yeah. that through the bias. He's got the last bias so you can get there um, and do some. Decent primo side swapping, which leads us to Brisbane Chizo uh, to finish up with Rich and Zorka, who also have the round 14 by. Um, I'm going to say someone to hold now, which is, I guess, uh, a nice <gasps> change of pace. Um, Daniel Rich, he got tagged by DeBoer. Yeah, tagged hard. He, it was a very hard tag. He could have, he really could have gone less. He had a really good last quarter to get into the 50s. Otherwise, he was he was sitting in the 30s for a really long time. It was a hard tag. Previous to that, he'd been playing really good footy. I mean, he's averaging 100 for the season um, outside of the tag game. I, I don't think he's a trade-out option. He hasn't, he's been putting in like a 110 and 80, a 110, 80, well, 120, 80, you know. Um, I, I think Rich is a hold. I think it was just unlucky. He's, he's not a buy. Um, he's definitely not a buy. I don't no. think he's a sell. Um, I would be comfortable holding him. Zorko, on the other hand, Chizo. Um yeah, this is Zoko is a old man that plays in the <laughs> midfield and half forward, and his role hasn't really changed much in the last five weeks. He did seem to play a bit more forward, eye test wise, outside of the CPAs um, this round compared to previous rounds. But this is kind of what you get with Zoko, right? Like, I'm fully expecting people to trade him out and then him go 170 next week. This is the volatility, um, the high risk, high reward type player that he is. I personally wouldn't be holding him. Um, I'd be selling him at his buy, or to. I, I guess I'd wait till round fourteen and then try and trade him to you know Bont or English if you didn't have either one of them. Maybe Baz. Um, otherwise, if you're desperate to get one of them this week, you could probably use him as fodder. I just see him quite far below, not far below, but he's at least I'd say in at risk of averaging ninety five. Whereas at least Rich is 100 and most of the top six to eight are like 105 plus. So it's like significantly worse than the other defender options available. So in that case, if you've got the trades, then yeah, it's it's time to go. Zorko, that rhymes. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with all five of those, Pistol. They, um, oh, I'm so glad that you said to hold Rich. He's the only one I've got in that list, so... Uh, that makes me feel a lot better, Pistol. Uh, we might as well wrap this week's uh, kind of recap pod by going through some captaincy options, my friend. Uh, <laughs> we've got all of the possible oh. 
VCing loopholes that we haven't had in many, many weeks because uh, of all the blue dots we've got. Um, what could we? We've got doggies on the Friday. Could be any of our. It could be easily English VC. English against yeah Blitzavs. Uh, I mean, he's got the ceiling, so that's that's probably a good call, Chiso. Yeah. Uh, you've got Gold Coast uh, wits against no Ruckman or Goldstein. I'd say is somewhat of a Ruckman, but you've, you've forgotten that. Is he playing forward still? Nice. Yeah, it's mixed with Sherry. I, I, Laird, Laird is always good. Yep. Against where? Oh yeah, against the Eagles, he could go bananas. How many people own Laird? Let's, let's look this up. Thirty percent. I don't know if Hickey's. He's in eight percent of teams. Woo. That's that's, that's that's a good VC choice. That's a lot. He's averaging 120. Yeah, it's in like it was like one percent four weeks ago. Oh, okay. So like it's, it's it's rocketed up. Um, I, if Laddams is still the only ruck, um, <laughs> Gorn hopefully has a good game. But I, I couldn't go anywhere near him. You know what, Chizo? No one should be listening to my captaincy advice. I said at the beginning of the podcast, my captaincy choices this season have been abysmal. They they have. They're almost. They've got to be somewhere close to the worst in the game at the moment. JB's the guy that you want to ask about captaincy. Yeah. He's not me. Like yeah. definitely not me. I'm uh, probably just gonna, if I get English, do like English into Neil or something, and I'll probably do that for the rest of the season, and then just call it a day. <laughs> You've also got Oliver against the 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 Swannies as well. So, uh, plenty of good options this week. It easily can go with your gut because there's a lot of guys that are averaging 120 that we could be throwing a VC or a C on. So you've got some uh, some really decent backup um, and you don't have to take too many risks. So uh, I like some of those options. They're pissed I'm probably going to go an English into a Neil, I think. Yep. I mean, you'd, I'm going to probably do that, so I would recommend you not do that. <laughs> okay, all right. How poorly, but poorly law of large numbers says that you've got to revert back to your mean and you're too good to be getting sub-hundreds four weeks in a row, mate. You can, it's not possible. Oh, don't, don't jinx it, Cheezo. I'm, uh, this is me trying to jinx it. So. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for sitting there. Pistol, any last words before I cut you off? No, I think uh, the buys are an exciting time for people who may Pretty have lost sure a bit of hope. Pretty sure you said no there, and now you're doing a monologue. No, it's not a monologue. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I think the, buy, the buys are a great equalizer for people who may have feel, been feeling a little bit down um, with their season, like myself. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think this will be a, the start of a good fight back, fingers crossed. All right. Thank you for listening, community. If you do want to find us, you can find us on the socials on Twitter. Main page is at Dr. Underscore SC. You can find me at Chizo underscore DRC, DRSC, uh, Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC, and JB at JB underscore DRSC. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes and wherever else you can do it and wherever you listen to your podcast, share it with your friends so we get more people listening to the uh, the Dr. Supercoach community, which is growing ever so slowly but we're getting excited for the cup that's going to be breaking soon pistol we're going to have some news coming in about that very very soon that's true very soon (laughs) we're adding an entire new round this year we've had so many new entrants over the last 12 months pistol so that's going to be exciting uh how we deal with that thanks for listening community have a good week and for those listening on patreon we'll see you on friday Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.